Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. Today we're following up on a report from a few months ago about Summit County's plan to vastly expand residents' access and connection to high-speed Internet through what could eventually become a half-a-billion-dollar investment in a new fiber-optic network and county data center. This week, Phase 1, which will be paid for with federal pandemic relief funds, got rolling as county council was asked to approve a couple hundred thousand dollars in contracts for initial planning and design. They're expected to vote on that proposal later on this month. More details now from Summit County Executive Eileen Shapiro and her Chief of Staff, Brian Nelson. So there are two figures. There's $35 million, which is our current budgetary estimate for designing and building the fiber ring. Then there's also another $20 million for the design and construction of the data center. Okay, so to recap for people who might not really completely understand why it is that you want to even undertake this project in the first place, I wonder if you could explain to us why does the county want to create a so-called fiber ring and why do you want to build a new data center? What's the benefit to the public in Summit County for this $55 million investment? One of the other projects, well, a couple of other projects we've worked on over the last couple of years, one being a consolidated dispatch center uh, with a number of, uh, with over half of our communities who actually receive dispatching services from mm-hmm. that center. Uh, the other being um, a camera and public safety project we're, we're also taking to, uh, cooperative agreement to county council with the University of Akron and the city of Akron. And then there have been things along the way, like our virtual court platform and um, something as simple as giving a grant to Direction Home to provide laptops and connectivity to seniors during COVID. In every one of these instances, we've found that the cost of access to fiber and, and in many cases, the lack of fiber and connectivity and the lack of it at speeds uh, necessary to, to, do a, uh, to do what we would like to do with these projects has been a, a barrier, both a financial barrier and sometimes uh, a barrier to the project completely when the fiber doesn't exist. The, um, as we looked at uh, those particular issues and things we've heard from the public, this issue of affordable high-speed connectivity and the ongoing cost of that is an issue that has really struck us. And and so many of these programs and grant opportunities that are out there that provide subsidy to folks for connectivity, that it works great if they have connectivity, but they also all sunset at some point, and then everybody's back to paying full cost. And so investing in something on the government side for services like 911, where we feel it's important for the public sector and the public to own and control those assets uh, is important. But when we looked at ARPA money coming down and one-time money to invest in something aspirational that could move our community forward, there was just nothing that checked 
all of the boxes from education to public safety to economic development to health and welfare quite the way fiber to the home, true high-speed fiber to the home and to business really checks the boxes. And so for us, that became the singular focus uh, of our single biggest investment in federal ARPA dollars. With autonomous vehicles and um, street lights, and uh, we don't even know what will be coming. How do we best position our community, our county, to be able to adapt and provide for our residents and our businesses and provide public safety for all of those things in the future if we can't control our own destiny on this kind of fundamental, just like uh, roads and bridges and so on and so forth. I see. So it sounds like to me that in the short term, what we're talking about is making sure that all our public safety and public infrastructure is connected on something that's fast and reliably priced and situated correctly for the public sector. That's the short term. And then in the long term, farther down the line, then your individual community members might be able to take advantage of this, possibly. Yeah, that, I, right. that really sums it up. Yeah. And, and our, our idea for the next step of this, which is something we're in discussions with a number of private sector potential partners is that the private sector would then be able to u- utilize this middle mile asset and work with our communities to build uh, an internet infrastructure to serve businesses and residents in a much more collaborative, cooperative way. But, yeah, but priced with, with the scalability of uniform pricing across the county and the, the size of the offering that we're able to bring to those private sector partners. And the goal is for that those private sector partners to provide the capital to build all of this on the private side. Mm -hmm. There's been some conversation, and we're looking into it. Brian knows more details about this than I do. Um, In the short term, um, it's called Byte. I don't know if it's LTE. I don't know if that's its whole name, but um, which is might be an intermediate step for some of the folks who do not have access now. That's very affordable. So, Brian, you want to mention anything? Yeah, I mean, we're we're studying um, the potential deployment of LTE districts, Mm -hmm. um, to in particular in areas where that digital divide exists Mm -hmm. and affordability and the lack of fiber is a more pressing issue to try to come up with a, a little bit quicker cost-effective solution yeah. in those neighborhoods. So they don't have to wait until this whole thing gets built and done that we might be able to do something in the shorter term. So we are investigating that as a potential option. And when we're talking about that, we're talking about non-wired kind of electronic access to broadband, right? We're talking about kind of more of a mobile solution than a hardwired solution? You got it. Absolutely mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we talked a couple of months ago, you talked about possibly the secondary piece of it if the private companies got on board. It could make this nearly a half a billion dollar project. Is that still the idea? Yeah. I mean, the, some of the the entities we've talked with have thrown out the, the estimate of $300 million in private investment to, to truly build this out countywide. Um, you couple that with um, the $55 million that we've discussed 
We have another 15 million uh, of ARPA money that we're looking at these potential LTE and other investments with. And then we're also in the process of putting together grant applications, uh, looking to uh, anywhere we can try to get more of the, the federal build back better infrastructure money for this. And if we can, that money will just be used to write down the, the cost of affordability for our right. residents. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that you brought up the idea that if we had this kind of better broadband access, we could have things like electric vehicles and surveillance cameras. And I know surveillance cameras were like a huge deal in Akron this week, saying that they weren't adequate because of a particular crime that occurred. Although, you know, you could say that about a lot of crimes. Uh, but I know this is this is something that they were talking about around the University of Akron and so forth. So would this kind of infrastructure help answer those kinds of community calls for support? Yep. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, part of the thought of this, too, is not just acquiring uh, the fiber infrastructure. Obviously, that's a huge piece of this. The data center mm -hmm. uh, that we would build serving as a gateway in and out of the community so that, that if there were cyber attacks or things mm -hmm. going on in the World Wide Web where we wanted to take that data center off the World Wide Web and still be able to operate within the county, I think is appealing, particularly really, for the school districts, right. for education, mm -hmm. for these public safety type initiatives to address things like crime and gun violence. Uh, but you got to have the, the fiber asset mm -hmm. in place to, to make those types of endeavors affordable. But the single biggest hurdle with the university camera project that we faced back in 2018 when we first started talking about it was the ongoing cost of connectivity right? and who was going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And so the, those kind of lessons learned along with, and I'll tell you, as long as both Executive Shapiro and I have been at the county, the county for 30, almost 30 years has operated on a half percent sales tax, right. which is the lowest sales mm -hmm. tax rate in the state of Ohio. And so when the Great Recession hit and we had to lay off sheriff deputies and we've been short-staffed at the jail, Looking at technologies like the virtual court platform, which our goal is to allow us to stop having to transport prisoners and all of the costs and manpower that it takes to do that. And the increased safety to our not yeah. only our deputies, but to the um, inmates that are there as well. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for ways for government to operate smartly and more efficiently than it has on a limited budget. And so these types of investments allow taxpayers' dollars to go further. That was Summit County Executive Eileen Shapiro's Chief of Staff, Brian Nelson. I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Jean Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.